live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 14. 14- All right, greetings and welcome in on a Monday morning, July 18, 2022. By the way, I don't, I doubt she is up and listening to this right now, but I want to wish wish my my daughter Nora a happy 12th birthday. She'll be glad because uh, I often refer to her incorrectly. She'll hear me talking on the air about her, and I'll say she's a 12-year-old, and she's not a 12-year-old. At least she wasn't. Now I can at least be accurate when I when I say her age. Show so she was uh, she was born 12 years ago today. Long time listeners, long, the the ones who know, they'll remember. We actually had a contest to predict when she was going to be born. We had a uh, an email contest. We called it, when I was doing the show with Bishop. We called it the Bun in the Oven contest, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I think it was, uh, if I recall correctly, it was one of my uh, uh, one of my relatives predicted it right. Which I don't think it, the I don't know if we had prizes for it. But you're not supposed to give prizes. I don't think we gave prizes to. It was like my cousin who who won the whole thing, uh, got it correctly on July 18th at about uh, 10 after 11 a.m on a Sunday morning, and what I recall about that day was it was hotter than blue blazes. <laughs> sort of like this week. And sort of sort of like yeah. sort of like this week. I always tell my daughter, I was like, I think you were born, I think uh, statistically, I'll have to ask Dr. Dewey if this is true, but I think you were born in statistically what is the most likely week of the entire calendar year to be incredibly hot, so... So uh yeah we've got that so happy birthday to uh Nora we're going to have a little little celebration tonight at the house for uh for her and yeah Mark we uh we jump yeah. into the week and by the way no kidding uh while Caleb's sitting up there in uh 70 something degree Minnesota probably what well, 66 here right now but I mean 70 uh he is on his fishing trip this week and so he'll be gone till Thursday uh or until Friday uh Johnny Cadillac is in for him good to so be here Johnny here throughout the uh the show today yeah Mark and uh it it looks like uh probably until the beginning of next week. The beginning of next week is where you're going to get a little relief from the heat yep. that's going on right now. Not very good fishing weather this morning, right now in no. War Road. <laughs> Thunderstorm no. in seventy two. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, Caleb, if you're listening, you can go ahead and if you can't get out there and catch fish, uh, but a high today of only eighty four. Call us and when we can talk about his fishing strategy going into the weekend. Uh, right now, only day that we've got triple digits, actually, in, in the forecast that I'm looking at right now, Mark, is Saturday. But going through the week, you got 91, 95, 91, 98, 99. Those uh, are actual temps that he didn't this season will be you right. know, triple digits for yeah. sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, no no doubt about that. So going into, and, and you know, totally normal this time of year, nothing record-breaking uh, or anything like that. But just, you know, it's kind of unpleasant if you're outside. My dog doesn't like it. I know that. I know my dog is, uh, he'll go out to go to the bathroom and, uh, first thing he does, and, and you guys who have dogs probably, probably have dogs that do this too, but we've learned that 
his his favorite places to lay aren't ones that look like they're necessarily comfortable. It's more about temperature for him mm, right. than softness or comfort. So it's on the uh, it's on the brick right on our our fireplace, which looks wildly uncomfortable to lay. But it's on the brick. I guess that brick is cool. And then the other thing he'll do is uh, find a vent, an air conditioning vent, <laughs> and just yeah. get and just get right on top of that thing. Why not? And hey. take all the uh, air conditioning for himself, right. which is very disappointing. You said so what was the contest you had uh, for when Nora was born? The bun in the oven contest. Contest. Wow, I think John. I think John made that name. <laughs> I ran across a, a bun recipe over the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, out of Morocco. Okay, yeah, and turned out really, really good. Um, I don't know whether you can make it gluten free for your family. Moroccan buns? Huh? Yeah, they're Moroccan. what's a Moroccan? What's well, the difference between Moroccan, a Moroccan bun and an American just, bun? The, well, really, what it is? It, it's a dinner roll, but the the difference was uh, it calls for fresh thyme in it. Really. Now, I didn't have any. I just had regular, you know, time, and it was outdated. Mm-hmm. But after I uh, got oh, them all made, I love that old-time Moroccan roll. <laughs> wow. I wondered if I was walking into something like that. I really wondered if I was walking into something like that there. And then I convinced myself that I wasn't, and it turns out that after all, I, I in fact, was. Well, so it is a little... N- earlier than normal for it but yeah, yeah but he opened it up with the, I guess the, the I bun did. idea so he i guess i did i triggered his <laughs> i triggered the the ability for him to to tell that joke so uh all right well uh, your top story i saw today was about uh husker football uh yeah. parking parking passes parking still, passes still available that are available uh, yeah it's it's been a it was a quiet uh news weekend uh yeah, that's good there was a the burglary way. overnight but we haven't been able to get any of the details um they're still working that case um we'll have that at briefing this morning okay uh still looking for the people uh from the Na- uh, nebraska gop burglary uh headquarters uh, a week ago still investigating that one so is it, it okay so what did the uh, what did the police did the police talk about this much on they did on thursday, uh, on thursday? They, they confirmed the investigation underway there's just a lot that they're not being very forthcoming with. I, I mean, not I, that sounded wrong. They're just not giving out a lot of information on it. Right. So I, I don't know how far the investigation it's a, is. It's a little odd to me that this just isn't a bigger story everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's it's sort of got a little bit of everything in it. Part of it, and from, from what I'm hearing from some, not insiders, but people that are fairly uh, knowledgeable that a lot of the computer equipment that was there belonged to individuals. They were using their own computers. Um, okay. But to what extent that had to do with the telephones and the security cameras and all of that, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. What What, what of the you, – you've got an office like that. you got a party office like that. How much of it is personal stuff? How much of it is owned by the, the party itself? How is the data – the information divided, what kind of data and information is contained on on those machines. I mean, to me, it, I, I, haven't, I haven't necessarily seen either, and, and maybe I'm just not in the right, you know, not in the right social media spaces or something. But, like, to me, if I were part of sort of the, the new leadership and the, the new group who's, who's coming in and in that group, I feel like I would be throwing a little bit more of a fit about this whole thing. I don't know if I'm just not seeing that or no, what? it's we're not 
There that, doesn't seem to be a huge blow up on it. Okay, it's strange. It. I. I don't know. Yeah, I feel. And again, maybe I'm just not in there. Maybe that is out there, and I'm just, I'm just kind of missing the whole thing. We'll see well, what, uh, we'll so see what we. Commander Jack says yeah. this afternoon and, uh, about all that. Charles Herbster finally came out with a comment. Uh, Channel Eight's got it on their homepage, klkntv.com. I'm surprised it took as long. I mean, you knew where he was going to be on this whole thing. Yeah, um, he he talked about the grassroots effort. Uh, he said he heard about it every campaign stop all through his. Um, campaign and and isn't surprised he had some nice words for dan welch who uh, was replaced but he also uh, gave a lot of uh, credit to eric uh, underwood yeah so yeah the, the channel eight's got the letter or the release that he penned uh right there at their homepage. so i um uh, another thing that was in the in news this weekend notable here in the capital city i went down we went to get some uh birthday party supplies for my daughter's birthday at at edgewood yesterday um and in the party I, store uh yeah well and and right across the street there uh at oh, yeah, the ford over there in the alamo they had a, a pretty significant fire on saturday morning friday night into saturday morning about 1 a.m on Saturday, there was an electrical failure under the checkout counter, and LFR battled this thing for about 30 minutes. They've got a quarter of a million dollars of damage there yep. to the fort, which has been there forever. I mean, it's, that's a that, big store. It's a big store. Big store. It's a long time, long time business there in that in that Alamo Center. And already on Sunday, yesterday, when we were across the street doing some shopping i i saw that they had already had a big banner professionally made yep, several that of them. said yeah closed due to fire go to our facebook page for updates yeah, we on had, this whole we thing. had breakfast there at the press box and drove by there yesterday morning so uh they had signs all over yeah closed due to fire yep yeah absolutely so um boy a, t- a tough story for a long time Long-time Lincoln business. You couldn't really see any. I don't know. Maybe you got closer to it. You couldn't see a ton from no, the outside there. The, it must have been. The main door had plywood on it, so that's probably where they had to breach, uh, you know, when the fire uh, department got there. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, pretty much just it looks like everything happened internally. Press box has breakfast? On Sundays. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it. We need, we need a better listing of the availability of breakfast brunch on weekends you, those, you get these places you had no idea that they did it well and if, potato pancake things little ones if you recall that was one of my favorites from my munch madness journey yeah, so i do i most definitely want to check that out lincoln has got an inque- unquenchable desire for breakfast slash brunch on weekends on on saturday and sunday so much I, I, much like oil i think we need to increase supply to start to meet the demand situation absolutely and i I, maybe we need to put out a full full, there was another where was i this weekend i was another place that i was like oh really that place has a brunch i would have never expected it and i can't remember what it was but there are there taking advantage i don't blame them take advantage of lincoln's love for weekend brunch and we lost the one brunch over southeast at dino's dino's that was a big that was a very popular one so yeah they're putting the mini bowling alley in there and uh, speaking of gas prices, uh, what are we, 30-some days in a row now that they're down nationally in Lincoln? I We're seeing the regular seems to be about the uh, 430s now where we're at, still uh, high generally, but starting to be in 
bit of a better place than uh, <laughs> yeah two years ago they were yeah i know, I, know. I get yeah i get the i get that but um i'm not trying to make a political point i'm just glad i'm glad to see they're down down a little bit with this whole thing and the forecast is that is going to continue to be the case now it might not be it's a bit of a double-edged sword because one of the reasons that they are going down is is demand is down because can't afford it. Can't afford it. Maybe on a, the beginning of an economic dur- turn down with this whole thing, and and it sounds like on the heels of this meeting in Saudi Arabia that the president had that there's some kind of an announcement he kind of foreshadowed about two weeks away from OPEC plus uh, that that could have some impact as well on this whole thing. And you're also coming to the end of the summer, so absolute knock on wood here, but hopefully. Between wrapping up the summer, between whatever's happening with that announcement, between the like I said, the double edged sword with kind of the economic downturn, um, hopefully the the four dollar plus prices not long from now will be a thing of the past. But I don't know, you know, you know, you kind of never know. It sounds like they're they're continuing to forecast for the next couple of weeks that you're going to see drops, but after that, a little bit unclear. So, yeah, I I have no idea where it's going to end up. Yeah, yep. So. And you know, if we if we have an extremely cold winter, uh, what that could mean for heating oil, especially on the East Coast. Oh, we are due just a terrible winter. We are. We are due a just a horrendous snowy winter, aren't we? I feel like that's I feel like that's next up on the docket after after last year's oddly mild winter, mild winter, and then really just never feeling a true spring. That was kind of the yeah, it, that was kind of what we got last year. But yeah, I feel like we're going way back to the top end of cold and snow this winter. But I, and of course, I say that on one of the hottest weeks of the <laughs> weeks of the year. So you want to guarantee that? No, I'm not. No, no, I've been out of that business for a while. I really have. It's been three years. Uh, it was just two, 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 two years. years ago. I just didn't do one this year. Just didn't do, do one this year. I took a little bit of a break. We'll see how I'm feeling next year at this time. Uh, so yeah, we got the Cornhusker State games going on in and around the capital city as well. Saw a lot of the uh, saw a lot of the businesses out there were saying uh, welcome to the Cornhusker State games athletes, and uh, uh, they did have the opening ceremonies the other night. They broke a world axe throwing record at really? that. Yeah, they had uh, uh, it's a Lincoln firefighter. He actually worked at that craft axe throwing, I believe, mm-hmm. as well, and set a distance record for chucking an axe world record at uh, at Seacrest, which is uh, which is well, something. It, I, I guess you'd expect that from a fireman. Yeah, they're pretty good with an axe. Apparently, took took a few tries on it, but ended up getting that thing. So, yeah, you got those competitions in and around the capital city happening over the course of the next few days. So that's what's going on today. I am uh, Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, out this week fishing. He says he's going to make me some fish when he comes back. He's going to bring me something back, and we're going to eat it together. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is, Mark. Maybe some walleye. Is that what he's probably walleye, getting up there? Most likely. All right. There could, you go. could pick up a muskie or two, but most All likely right. walleye. All right. Very good. So, uh, Northern yeah. Pike. That'd be great. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, coming up on the show, got a lot of, got some, uh, we got some, uh, space for you today. If you want to give us a phone call, uh, we're going to have Tim Haruza joining us. We may also have a, uh, special guest from inside my, uh, my household at 835 Ooh. this morning on her way to work. Oh, Talking that, a little bit about what she does. So, yeah, yeah. Any anything new on that? Uh, uh, we may we yeah. may have All some right. uh, some I'm, information on that. So that would be great. Yep. All right. Six twenty four. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIA. 
look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right. Yes, it is time. We've got a lot of news to get to today on the uh, on the night. It's going to be a big week uh, just of... Uh, of the national stuff, you got. We're gonna get a little bit later. Bannon's trial is uh, starting at another one of these public January six hearings. You got Biden just coming back from Saudi Arabia and the fist bump heard around the world or seen around the world. With that, you got gas prices. You got these state situations uh, with the with the new abortion laws. Which, by the way, are, I mean, is it? Do we feel comfortable? I've talked with Tim Ruse about this at eight ten, but. The special session talk has really has really gone away for the most part, and we'll ask Tim if he thinks there's still a shot at this. But you kind of get the sense, looking at it, that um, when when the governors and when the governor and and perhaps other state senators who would like to do something on this are looking at the numbers of what the legislature would be seated right now for a special session, it's looking like they don't think anything different would happen than what happened when it was brought up during the course of the session. And so they're saying, well, let's uh, let, let's wait until we feel more confident about the numbers, which would be not long from now. It would it would be in January. And I, I guess the other, you know, if you're if you're somebody who wants these kinds of laws, uh, you want them sooner rather than later, I'm sure. Um, but I guess there is also the added um, advantage of being able to take more time to draft these things and sort of look at what's happening with some of these other states and issues that may come up with the way that they're drafted. Since this is kind of uncharted territory for a lot of years, we're gonna have, we're gonna have this patchwork of laws in the country when it comes to abortion, and so perhaps e- even if you're an advocate for it, that's one good thing about this and. Something that may be likely to to pass any kind of legal muster that there is thrown at it. So um, a lot of things there. I, I did want to get this. I don't have a sound clip on uh, on this one, but uh, last night in uh, Greenwood, Indiana, about six o'clock last night, a shooting at a mall called Greenwood Park Mall in Indiana that I think is going to be all over the headlines today. And I know Fox already touched it at the bottom of the top of the hour two uh, were wounded in the shooting two uh, be, uh, and were being treated at area hospitals four have passed away uh three males and one female and the shooter who they said had um come into the mall and they don't know anything about about the motives right now but come in, came into the mall uh with a rifle and had uh started shooting people there one of the vict- uh, uh, victims injured a 12 year old girl um, but uh, evidently there was a, a good Samaritan essentially who was uh, a private citizen legally carrying in Indiana at that point, witnessed what happened and then uh, shot and killed the the shooter there at the mall. Uh, he's uh, I, he or she, I don't even know if the, which gender that is. We don't know about about what this was, uh, but cooperating with police, the bystanders believed to have had a handgun, chose to intervene when he saw the shooting. Uh, it was a man, 22-year-old man who was carrying a gun lawfully. So that is what we know about that right now. Uh, but uh, expect, I'm sure they're going to be having a, a conference a press briefing on that with more, but that'll be a big national story today. Um, and 
Uh, speaking of which, unfortunately, too many stories like this. But big news over the weekend out of Uvalde, Texas, as the report is released. You've probably seen some of the video clips that have been leaked or released right now. Those hallways of that school in Uvalde uh, with police officers staying there for over an hour before um, eventually um, ending the life of the shooter who was there, uh, and it looked from the video that you had lots and lots of police officers who were there, but it looked a little disorganized. And, of course, parents are upset wondering what in the heck was going on. Well, you now hear this report, and some of the numbers are just kind of mind-boggling and confusing as to why this didn't happen any sooner. This was clearly an all-hands-on-deck scenario. Uh, 376, to be exact, showed up here at Robb Elementary School. Surveillance video obtained by the Austin American Statesman newspaper and KVU-TV shows the mass of officers gathering in the hallway. The report questions with so many there and the, quote, lack of a strong incident commander, why nobody else with a higher rank or more training didn't step up sooner. The gunman entered Robb Elementary at 11.33. It wasn't until 12.50 until he was taken down. So the the report uh, said there's no one, I don't think this is surprising, there's no one to, to whom we can attribute malice or ill motives. Instead, we found systemic fail, uh, failures and egregious poor decision Making And so they put out this entire 77-page report on this, and it's, it's described as an interim report, and they're going to continue um, working on this. But it's the first time since May 24 that a government report has offered kind of a comprehensive look on what was happening with this whole thing. And, yeah, it, 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 it some of the video, some of the reports, some of the stills that they've put out from this and the people who have seen more of it, it continues to kind of paint a picture of... Uh, a situation where there was not a real clear chain of command or confidence in a a chain of command and basically just kind of disorganization. And in a lot of cases, even officers who were saying, you know, let's go in, let's do this. We need to we need to do something here. But it's like there wasn't even quite a a certainty about how that command chain would go to okay that command to do that. And then nobody kind of acted on their own. Um, for whatever reason at that point, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to look at this and, and say this was, uh, that there weren't any major, major issues with this and, and probably made the situation a terrible situation, even, uh, worse than, worse than, uh, could have been, uh, maybe not as bad. This made, uh, even worse out of this whole thing. Um, so. There you go. A little on that. Uh, Let's see. uh, President Biden back now from his Middle Eastern trip. A lot of attention given on that fist bump that happened in Saudi Arabia. And after it was all over, it looks like the people who are in the room can't quite agree on what was said during that trip. Just as Air Force One took off from Jeddah, I sat down with one of Saudi Arabia's top diplomats. This was the second time in two days that we were invited to interview Adele Al-Jubir, and I prompted him on the conversation over the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Biden on his trip spoke to the crown prince saying that he holds him directly responsible. How did he respond to those comments? I didn't hear that um, particular phrase. As the president arrived back at the White House, journalists asked him about our interview and whether the minister is telling the truth about hearing the president's accusation. Biden swiftly responded, no. 
All right. So a uh, day or two after this meeting, you've got both sides uh, saying the other side is lying about what was said during that uh, during that meeting. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. The other thing to come out of that, too, is it, it does sound like uh, Biden kind of hinted that there may be some news coming from OPEC plus in a couple of weeks right now. You assume that might would be something related to an increase in in production, but it sounds like you've got some coming on that during the beginning of August with gas prices continuing to drop still at a really high spot, you know, given where we were a couple of years ago, 430-ish, 440-ish around the city of Lincoln. Some states have got uh, are seeing places that are consistently under $4 right now, but perhaps that combination of whatever OPEC Plus is going to say at the beginning of August, in addition to lower demand, and summer is ending. And frankly, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, the economic situation that you've got right now, which isn't a good one, but probably increases demand for gas as well. It's a formula right now that looks like decreases are going to continue, at least in the short-term future. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, we're going to going to be a lot of talk about this trial that is going on with Steve Bannon. He is, uh, he is going forward. The judge, Trump-appointed judge, uh, said, no, we're not going to delay this thing. You are going to go forward with your contempt of Congress uh, trial, and, and you start that with jury selection. Former President Trump advisor Steve Bannon was charged by the Justice Department with two counts of contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with the subpoena to appear before the January 6th committee. Ahead of today, Bannon's attorneys tried to get the trial delayed. The latest request was based on leaked audio recordings of Bannon predicting Trump would declare himself winner even before election results were in. His attorney said that audio would bias a jury. Earlier this month, Bannon said he would now talk to the committee after Trump wrote a letter waiving executive privilege. Though federal prosecutors say Trump never invoked the privilege when it came to Bannon, the judge said the best way to root out potential jury bias is through the jury selection process. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Yeah, so that, that kind of became a, a news story over the weekend was was this audio, but Bannon, he was kind of saying that stuff openly, wasn't it? He's got a, he's got a, a show or a, a podcast, and he was basically saying the same thing. Public. It's not like he sort of couches what he thinks should happen and is going to happen. He was basically uh, saying throughout the course of the weeks, months, and even a couple of years prior to the 2020 election that that's what he thought Trump should do is just kind of declare victory and see where the chips would fall. Um, relevance in a contempt of Congress hearing would be minimal for that. And so, yeah, the, <laughs> it wouldn't be led into evidence, but if there are jurors who are potentially biased on the issue that's at hand, that's the attorney's responsibility to get them out of that out of that jury box. So we'll see how that goes uh, going forward. Um, Monkeypox update: I, I uh, heard one of the uh, one of the uh, former White House health advisors saying, "Hey, we're kind of basically past the the time where we're going to be able to rope this thing in significantly, and the numbers are going up, and we even have a couple of cases here uh, in Nebraska. Those are in Douglas County right now. The first confirmed case in the U.S. was found in mid-May. Now almost all states in the U.S. have at least one monkeypox infection. New York has been hit the hardest with nearly 500 cases, according to the CDC. The problem now, there isn't enough vaccine supply to handle the expected continued rise in infections. There are two vaccine 
vaccines available. There's ACAM 2000, but it can cause serious side effects. The other, Genios, is specifically for monkeypox and requires two doses. For now, the hardest-hit areas will be given priority. The virus has overwhelmingly impacted men who have sexual contact with other men, but it can infect anyone exposed. Symptoms include pimple-like blisters. It can take two to four weeks for them to heal and can be contagious that entire time. Yeah, so uh, Nebraska had uh, two cases that are confirmed by the CDC, a report of another one that hasn't been fully confirmed. I believe these are all in the area of uh, Douglas County right now. You look around the map, Kansas 1, Iowa 3, South Dakota 1, Missouri 4, Colorado 20. Um, and then, you know, you get to New York, and that's 489. Uh, you get to Florida 154, California 266. Um, but again, Again, the the thing to point out about this one is um, it's not, you know, when we were talking about COVID and it being airborne and wearing masks, not wearing masks, being in close contact, this requires um, a lot closer contact than COVID did or other viral um, viral diseases to, to spread uh, through the air. You're not going to get it by, you know, just having a conversation with somebody a foot away from them. It's going to take a lot closer physical contact than that to actually spread this thing. Uh, all right. Uh, what else do we have here this morning? Oh, this is interesting. You ever uh, you ever driven on the interstate, driven on the highway, and, and said, uh, these, these, uh, these trucks, these semis, they're going way too fast. They ought to do something about that. Well, they're actually thinking about it, and the truck industry does not like this. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has already received thousands of comments from truckers, supporters, and industry officials over the government's push to require speed-limiting devices on trucks. The comment period ending today as the American Trucking Association opposes efforts to mandate speed limiters for setting speeds in the low 60s. The owner-operator Independent Drivers Association has also criticized efforts to limit speeds for large trucks, telling the publication Fleet Owner that it would create unnecessary congestion and dangerous speed differentials among vehicles, which leads to higher accident rates. Jeff Manasso. Fox News. Yeah, so uh, yeah, this is this is interesting. Uh, they've had more than fifteen thousand comments on the administrative. You got to go through this comment process if you're making administrative law at this point, and you got a lot of truckers who think it would be um, regulation. And so the the comments are open through today. It, it, it the the notice doesn't put a top speed on it, but what the safety groups want are sixty miles an hour. That's that's what they're asking for right now. The, uh, the the sixty miles an hour on this thing, which you do wonder how much if it, if it can't go more than I mean seventy five in in on Nebraska interstates. You got some states go as high as eighty five. Is that much? Does that does go the difference between sixty and seventy five? Does that how much does that help, and how much does that make it actually? You guys know how it is when you're driving on the interstate, and and some you come up on somebody who's going incredibly slow when the entire traffic is moving. And let's face it, the interstate traffic is sometimes moving closer to eighty than than seventy five. You got something going twenty miles an hour lower than that. I I do wonder about the implications on that. And then, by the way, two random things. I drove up to Omaha this weekend. 
I was I was um, a Mark Vale spirit animal. The left lane camping is out of control on the interstate right now. It was like eighty percent of the cars on the interstate were in that left lane on three lane interstate between Lincoln and Omaha. Like I don't I I, I have no and it was it was just made a mess. People pa- passing on the right, but everybody's in the left. And then the other thing is, have you guys ever noticed this coming out of Omaha into Lincoln? Those of you who drive it more, I mean, I've been driving it about once every couple of weeks lately uh, just for things that have going on in Omaha, but I don't know if it was the rain that was falling on Friday night or Saturday night when I did this or what it is, but have you noticed how nearly impossible it is to see the uh, the dividing, the, the lines between interstate lanes and the front end when you're just coming out of Omaha? At some point, it gets better about five miles past like the outlet mall, I think. But all the way up to there, it was, again, I don't know if it was, aren't they supposed to be more reflective? I don't know what it is, but like I was getting disoriented because you couldn't tell what lane you were in, and the rain was really falling on Saturday, and it was actually a little bit scary. They need to make those things a whole lot more visible. wonder if anybody else has ever noticed that. Uh, all right, a couple of entertainment uh, sports type things I want to get to here before we wrap this thing up. We got another streaming premium service that is raising their prices. Now, I don't know how many of you actually have this one. Maybe some of you do. I do, but I only got it, and it's ESPN Plus. I only got it because I I got it for free after buying a boxing match last summer. It was one of Bud Crawford's boxing matches. So I've had ESPN Plus for a year, used it. You know, I'm a big sports fan, but I've used it a little. There was a Husker basketball game that was on there once, uh, where another game that was on before it went late. So in college uh, baseball tournament, I use it quite a bit for as well. But these things uh, continue to go up in price. ESPN Plus is raising the price of its streaming service from six ninety nine to nine ninety nine a month, which is nearly a forty three percent rise, according to Sports Business Journal. The new prices kick in August twenty third. The annual plan will go up from seventy to a hundred bucks, which pushes more people towards the bundle package at eighteen ninety nine a month, which is the price of Disney Plus and ESPN as standalones. And as streaming picks up more steam. Larger companies are moving towards bundling for families. However, if you're still looking for that sports-only space, the single-price option still remains a penny under 10 bucks. Michelle Polino, mm. Fox News. Yeah, we'll see you later when my uh, mine runs out, I think. Uh, and then uh, congratulations are in order, evidently. Saturday night out in Vegas, Benifer, after uh, years on, years off, have finally... Tied the knot. Ben and Jen say I do. TMZ reporting that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck tied the knot Saturday night in Las Vegas with court records showing the couple got a marriage license in Clark County, Nevada. Benifer famously reunited last year, 17 years after calling off their first engagement. The on-the-floor singer revealed her engagement to the Oscar winner in a video on Instagram back in April, flashing her ring for fans to see. This is J-Lo's fourth time down the aisle and the second time for Affleck. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. By the way, well, oh, we got a little J-Lo music at the end of this clip. Chayla, one of the reports I read is that on the marriage license, she changed her name. She changed her name to Affleck. I can't, of anybody who depends on the branding of the last name... J-Lo, there's no way I'd give that up is if she, I were her. Is she actually going to be going around saying Jennifer Affleck? Everybody's still going to call her J-Lo, but she <laughs> yeah. changed her name. I can't, I mean, at, at that age with the establishment of, of the brand and everything, that's a 
That's kind of a surprising move that she ended up doing that. Uh, last but not least, uh, box office this weekend. What won? Well, uh, we're back to the superheroes, folks. Thor, Love and Thunder conquers the box office for a second straight weekend. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. The film with 46 million in domestic ticket sales. Minions, The Rise of Gru comes in at number two. Universal's animated sequel bringing in $26 million. A new release in third place after a better than expected box office take. Sony Pictures, Where the Crawdads Sing with $17 million in ticket sales. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. All right, there you go. We got through a lot. That's it for your sound off. We're going to grab a break right now. 67 degrees in the capital city. 656 on KLIN. 67 degrees in the capital city. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. 67 degrees in the capital city. Jack Mitchell here with Pastor Tom Barber from the People City Mission. Pastor Tom, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Doing great, Jack. Thanks. Good. I think it's going to be a good day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, wa- I wanted to ask you, I, this is something we haven't talked about a whole lot, um, but obviously transportation, uh, something that is making news, frankly, on this show all the time because of gas prices and, and car prices and, and everything that happened. I wondered a little bit when, um, when, when, how do a lot of people at the mission get around? I assume it's through public transportation, which in Lincoln is, is mainly StarTran, um, busing. And I know for, you know, for a time here that it's been, there's been some fare discounts that was through, uh, through COVID. Where does that, where does that stand? right now and, and what kind of an impact how important is that service to the people that you work with at the mission uh, great question it's uh, it's very important not just to the homeless but we have a number of people that are helping are just struggling financially that was a great thing the city did they, a number of cities around the country have done that where they they've eliminated the fares I think in Kansas City if I'm not mistaken they've actually done that permanently and it's been really helpful um, but now I think you know as 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 COVID has waned, uh, cities are thinking about changing, going back to the fares. Most people don't realize this, but fares are actually a very small part of the operating budget of uh, of StarTran. That's not mainly how they get their revenue, and uh, it's really helpful. So we were very grateful. I know our guests were that the city did that. Jack, I, I think in October they're going to reconsider fares, and I'm hoping they'll continue to keep those fares uh, at zero at the moment. Because I think inflation is actually worse than COVID as far as its impact on on the poor and and, and those in the city that are just struggling here financially. Uh, they're having a hard time of it. I know we all are, but uh, when you're at the lower end of the wage uh, spectrum, uh, it's it's devastating. And so any little bit helps. And I'm I'm hoping them if they do consider fares. I'm not in on all of it. I don't know exactly what's happening, but sure. I've been told that you know they're they're reconsidering October. Uh, uh, installing fares again, so I hope they don't. You know, yeah. I hope they just keep these going. Yeah, City Link and I, I mean, and and even if you would. You would go to something that's, you know, fairly nominal, right? A, a discount of 85 cents, something like that, a dollar fifty. That would, yeah. that would still be something that would probably be a, a significant impediment for some people, I would imagine. Sure, it would be. But, but the, the numbers I've heard, and I, I can't verify these, it's like three or five percent of the budget is due to fares or, you know, mm-hmm. collected. It, it's really not a much of uh, an amount. Of, uh, and it's such a, a help to those that are in need to be able to, uh, uh, have a uh, have no fares. You know, most of the people that ride the buses are people who don't have cars. Now that's not totally true, but to a large degree, the majority are people who don't have other you know vehicles and mm. 
and generally those are people that are you know don't have a lot of income and so it's a very uh, very very critical thing the elderly i know we have some new uh, refugees coming in to, yep. to lincoln and just uh, there are a lot of people that that, that star train is very very critical to and uh, and uh, having no fares is a huge help to them so it's been a great thing, and so I really thank the city for what they've done so far, and just hope, hope to continue it. Yeah, well, we'll uh, a little bit of a preview of perhaps a discussion policy-wise coming a little bit later in 2022. Great to talk to you as always, Tom, and uh, we'll see you again next week, all right? You bet. God bless you. There you go, Pastor Tom Barber from the People City Mission on KLIN. John DeSauer. Thank you, thank you John. Right now in the capital city, 67 degrees on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 713, 67 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Welcome back. We got your morning drive. Count down the uh, five things you're going to be talking about here in about 20 minutes this morning. No Caleb Henry this morning. He is off to Minnesota uh, going on the uh, fishing trip. At uh, This is Ballard's, right, Mark? Ballard's is Resort, War Road, Minnesota. Have you been to this place? I have been in War Road. I okay. have not been to Ballard's. Right, yeah, Actually, my dad was born just west of there. Oh, really? In a okay. small town called Roosevelt. So Caleb is having his uh, de facto bachelor party right now, which is uh, he, and his, dad. he and his dad. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if cute is the right word, but his dad has <laughs> yeah. been so fired up for this trip. Caleb will, Caleb will send me, his dad is good, texting him, has been texting him <laughs> about planning it and calling him and figuring out how big of coolers to bring for legit months since they got this thing planned. And so, uh, I think it's so cool that he's able to go on this trip with him. And again, they, he said they've got like a 20 fish limit per day or something that they've got down there. Yeah, and so. And, and- I think that's on panfish. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm expecting or some. That might be walleye. I don't know what it. I, listen, I, you know me. I don't know anything about fishing or what they're what getting. I, but I do. I did tell him you got to save a little. You know, for us covering him. You know, Mark, while he's gone right. doing this and getting married. I want I want some kind of a fish fry for us, uh, right? I, yeah, I love the panfish fried. You know, just. Rolled in a little flour, salt and pepper in it, and then fried. Yeah, I think we are. Uh, Sunfish. So Caleb, get out there. Crappies. Get out there, and Caleb's dad, get out there, and you catch some fish, because Mark and I are going to require a, a decent amount here. Yeah, no, no frozen caught fish. No frozen fish sticks from the no, grocery store. That, that is exactly right. By, by the way, I found out they rode in style, too, on a Windstar motor yeah, coach. I, I knew you were saying that's, uh, they were, they were, uh, you saw that on the list of drivers. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, they rode in style up on there. And, uh, we may hear from Caleb during the trip a little bit. It's kind of, it's a, it's a vacation, but it's kind of a work thing for him, too. So I, I maybe we'll get an update from him uh, during the work on, on how, uh, during the work week on how things are going. Uh, but I did want to, since he's not here, I did want to talk real quick about this. He's, um, we're, we're expanding some of the podcast only stuff that you probably noticed that we've uh, been doing at KLIN. And, uh, I've been doing my podcast now since the beginning of April. 
we're having I've been kind of floored by the response to the whole thing. It's it's a, you know, it's it's me and it's me doing mine is me doing interviews with people that I basically that I find interesting um in and around the capital city for the most part and it's taken forms of a whole lot of different topics from news to politics to Husker sports to you know some of our most popular ones have been with Nicklin Hames from the volleyball team, Steve Sipple, um who used to be with the the, the Lincoln Journal Star did Dr. Steve Joel a couple of weeks ago. Um, just a whole, whole, whole lot of them. So check those out. But the latest one I did, I did want to mention this is, uh, Kent Pavelka, of course, voice of Husker basketball, previous voice of Husker football. You hear him on KLIN. Didn't you dig up some basketball audio games. for that? Yeah. So it wasn't one that I just recorded. It was one of these deals, Mark. We used to put our podcasts when I very started. This is like the first podcast I ever recorded, podcast only content. Put people use SoundCloud a lot then, and that's what we used. Well, in changeovers of accounts and stuff, it got completely deleted from the internet. I thought it was long gone. Um, but I was able to retrieve it from our files here at work. I didn't know that we had it. So I re, I re-released it. I don't think a lot of people heard it. It's completely evergreen because basically it's just me talking to Kent about his stories from especially calling Nebraska football, but also Nebraska basketball. And I pulled out a whole lot of clips of his from the seventies, from the eighties, played them for him and just kind of had him tell the story around them. And, um, I, I, I think you guys will like it. I, I, if you're, if you're, a fan of Kent, if you like Husker football, Husker basketball, anything like that, you're, I think, really going to enjoy this podcast. It was the, a thrill for me. What were the years so, that he actually called football? So he was done, I, I can't remember when he started, early 80s, and uh, he was done after the 95 season, which he talks about that entire process as well. So he was 15, uh, from 95 to 96. 15 years or so. Yeah, it, uh, he did it for a while. Did basketball for a stint, didn't do it for a while, then uh, came back to doing basketball and was still doing basketball right now. So if you have a chance, you you, you know, you're going for a, going to walk the dog, going to do something like that, check out the podcast. And, and Mark, we should also mention the new podcast that we've got that are part of this kind of podcast network that and we're building. And Caleb's is... Caleb starts tomorrow, I believe, Yeah, is the official launch it day. Dad? It's called Hey Dad, and Caleb's a, still a relatively new dad. <laughs> He's seeing, seeing him with his daughter is, is the <laughs> yeah. best because he just... Cool. He, he just Boy. tells the stories. He shows us videos constantly. He is the most proud dad of his of his daughter, rightfully so. Um, and he wanted to do a podcast on kind of talking about being a, a dad or a father figure. And so he's bringing in dads, notable dads. I, he's got Dr. Rob Zadiska, former Husker football player, Lincoln East grad. Uh, he's talking to about being a dad. He's got a son who's a, a, a really good football player, too. But he's going all over the place with different people sort of having that conversation. It's going to be a really good podcast. Caleb does a great job. So that comes out Tuesday. So make sure you're subscribed to that wherever you get podcasts. You can go to the KLN website or you can go wherever you get podcasts. And I'd like, the to, Lincoln, I'd, I'd like to see him do one right today or tomorrow with his dad. He's going to. Oh, he okay. brought a, he brought his okay. yep he brought his mics he's gonna that's gonna be okay. one that's gonna come out a little bit down the road and uh, Mark why don't you talk a little bit about the other one that we've added to our catalog Lincoln Business well we, we've uh, uh, got together with uh, Lincoln Independent Business Association of course K Alliance had a long uh, relationship with Liba and uh, they have uh, a, a very extensive uh, you know they they watch so many things legislatively in the city budgets uh, public safety. And, and all from the standpoint of uh, independent businesses and, and how the independent businesses, small businesses uh, primarily, 
are, are really the lifeblood of a city. So we just uh, get together, uh, Bud Seinhorst, myself, or you, or Caleb, whoever happens to be available, mm-hmm. and discuss the things of, of interest right now that uh, Liba is working on. Uh, and and went the last one, last couple, we went deep into the budgeting process for the city and the county, primarily the city, uh, such things as LTU, you know, <laughs> How many things does LTU handle? Right. We do, we really don't think about it, but everything from sewage to snow streets removal, yeah. to street lights, yeah. snow removal, um, yeah. water, yeah, uh, huge. And and we talked a little bit about the the uh, long range forecast for a secondary water supply. We talk about recruitment for LPD and and the sheriff's office and all of the challenges. And it, it just uh, an interesting deep dive into the business community and how it affects yep. the, the the community at large. So we're building up kind of a um, you know you obviously have the radio con uh, you know content through through uh, me and Commander Jack uh, and then our weekend shows as well. Uh, Girl Lincoln one shot one live Husker Hour those sorts of things you can friendly get those fire. As friendly fire can't forget oh and, Stu- uh, and you can get all those as i guess you call them radio replays but we're adding a whole lot of just podcast only yep. content which gives us sort of the opportunity to be less time constrained is is kind of the big thing you, that goes you, along with that yeah, and, and of course the uh, husker hour from uh, saturday yep, morning nice. but yeah it, it allows you to go uh, to to do a deep dive that you just mm-hmm. don't have time to do yeah um you know, i granted budgets and that uh, from Libra can be a little bit boring will but no, there's a lot of people very interested in that though so it's a lot of money for, for everyone yeah yeah it's a lot of money for everybody but uh yeah yours uh, are very interesting when when you go uh i thought your uh interview with dr steve joel was amazing thank you yeah I, uh, so we're, we're kind of all over the place got a good one coming up this week is uh well mine come out thursday at nine o'clock caleb's are going to come out on two and the business beat gets released 11 o'clock on, on friday friday so you got three of the days of the week you're getting a a new one there, something to watch on your podcast services. I might, I might just throw out one that some people might want to uh, go check on, and that is the uh, rebroadcast or uh, the podcast version of last Saturday's Friendly Fire. Yeah. Pastor Stu Kearns had uh, a delegate to the Nebraska GOP convention that was not in favor of the changes. So he put on his journalist hat rather than his pastor hat. Some strong words in that yeah. one, too. Yeah, you, you'll want to check that out on the on the radio repo. So they're all together on our podcast page, but again, you can own. also subscribe if you if you if you don't want to play it off a browser, you can go to uh Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon. I've you, got mine on everything, yeah, I think. And, and you can get them right there on the KLI yeah, app. Either, either one or the KLI app, that's well, a good point. And Jack, I have you to thank for giving me a college reunion with my friend Ross Benish from yeah. the Jack Mitchell podcast. So talk to Ross, a uh, uh, Nebraskan who small, grew up in a small town here in Nebraska, went to UNL. Now he's a he is a uh, writer in New York City. So uh, he was one of my podcasts you, as well. Didn't so. you have uh, a Lincoln East uh, athlete? I had Malachi Coleman on. He joined. Yeah, that yeah. was one uh, as well. He's the one of the top top uh, football recruits in the nation and had my son sit in on that one as my yeah. son has been a basketball teammate with malachi for quite some time and and uh he was man he's a fascinating kid um so yeah those those are all on there that's the kind of stuff we're doing and i know a lot of you know about this you've been listening but sometimes it gets a little bit buried and you might not realize that it's out there so i wanted to are, give a quick shout out to everybody I, is, and let them is, know. is there any truth that you're going to be doing one on dogs I don't know. I might need to, Mark. I'm, you know what? You guys, you listeners are just going to have to be a support community for me over the course of the next several months. The I, I looked up. I was I was uh, 
you know, having quite a weekend with uh, with Reggie, as you call him, Reggie Jack's son. Um, and I had to Google, like, when do they, how old is it until they sleep through the night? How old is it until they quit biting everything? The potty training is going well. Okay. The potty training is going well. But the constant supervision, the biting, the sleeping at night, the crate training, that's been an adventure. I'm looking for. Is that an adventure with a capital A? I, I, I know the cuteness factor goes down as they get older, but right now I will take the uh, the practical. I'll trade the uh, the cuteness, which he is still very cute, but I will trade that in for the. I'm looking forward to having an older dog. Very much so. I, I, I Maybe a year from now till we get there. I understand, but you know, most of those dogs, and I'm sure Reggie does. If you see that tail wagging, just think of it this way. He's got a happy ending. Yeah. Well, if you guys have any advice for me on raising a puppy, please, I am open for advice. All right, we'll take a break at 725 on KLI. If you're like me, you've been injured in the past, and maybe you had to make that same decision of, do I have to go through surgery? I made that decision myself over a decade ago. I'm Caleb Henry, and I want you to know that you have information now in 2022 that I didn't have over a decade ago. The traditional treatments, pain meds, steroids, then surgery, that's not the only way. As a matter of fact, right now, there is a better way, and it's here now from the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. They're the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. It's an advanced, exciting, and natural alternative that can give you lasting relief using your body's own healing power. The old ways are out, new ways are in, and the regenerative medicine can restore and repair the damaged joint tissue using natural biologics. No drugs, no downtime, no surgery. 402-205-4270. Get the quality of life you deserve. 402-205-4270. QC Kinetics, 402-205-4270. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, without any further ado, let's get it started with... Number five. Number five. It was a little bit shaky yesterday morning. About 4.3 miles southwest of Superior, a magnitude 3.7 earthquake recorded by the National Geological Service. Now, it was about, uh, oh, I think they said about four miles underground, something like that. So could you feel it? Yeah, so, yeah you could. I don't know what I... I I'm not here. No, 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 I understand, but where right where it happened, like... I have never. That's one uh, one event I have never experienced personally, and I don't know how I'd handle that exactly. Yeah, I don't know either. I, you know, often wonder about it, but you know, things can get a little shaky. But uh, you know, when things start rolling like that, uh, is, no. Um, no uh, I'll, uh, I'll avoid that. So, according to, to History Nebraska, um, there haven't been any major earthquakes in the state of Nebraska. There's been the, the kind of the seismic shocks and and the tremors, but there are uh, fault lines or cracks that are underground that are caused by natural pressure, possibly affected by you know by by people here as well. Um, July 1902, northeastern Nebraska and southeast and South Dakota were centers of a mild quake. Uh, the Omaha World Herald on that one said uh, the first signs of that 
uh, occurred shortly after that. No no damage to persons, less to property occurred, but several thousands or a few seconds thought their time was about to come. <laughs> and at some points, they scurried helter-skelter to what they thought might be points of safety in case Mother Earth should conclude to open her mouth and swallow up the population. That was the article. That was the article in the wow. World Herald about that uh, about that earthquake in 1902. So, yeah, yes. we're we're not uh, in the hotbed for earthquakes right here. No, it's. I mean, we get you know the tornado. The, the you know the people from other parts of the country come here in the severe weather, the tornadoes and the storms, and they're kind of shocked by that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, luckily this, that's not. Uh, and you know, down southeast, they're they get their tornadoes and hurricanes and and things like that so you know you gotta have a little earthquake every now and then of course the the big ring you know is up the pacific coast around uh, what do they call it the ring of fire yeah volcanoes and mm-hmm. earthquakes yep. uh, pretty prevalent california of course alaska down across japan now uh, uh, apparently there is a uh now, this I didn't know. I found this when I was doing a little research on this in history, Nebraska. Maybe some of our listeners know about this. Mount Ionia. My, I don't know if it's pronounced Ionia or Iona. This is a Missouri bl- River bluff northeast of Newcastle uh, in Dixon County. Has been known back since the days of Lewis and Clark for suspected volcanic activity. Now, they're hmm. saying that it, they did not think it was connected to what happened in 1902, but an 1878 flood had previously destroyed part of the site in nearby town uh, for which it names. And um, but there were kind of there were volcano tales that went along with that. So speaking of natural disasters, natural things that we don't typically hear in Nebraska, there's a whole story with uh, with that potential of a volcano yeah, and, here. And as of well, course so. that that uh, fault line that goes through Missouri, uh, they're expecting that to uh, you know rumble at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Chris Lofgren uh, in here, he's gonna he's gonna drop some knowledge on us here. I think about this stuff. Oh, Joe, I had a unique experience back in my youth. We owned horses, and I liked riding horses, and so I decided to go for a horse ride. And the horse that I was riding, Sheba, she was an Arabian, absolutely gorgeous horse, very gentle, very calm, always cool. And I was riding on the side of the road, and this was down by Hickman, Nebraska, and just uh, a little bit east of Hickman. And all of a sudden, she just kind of got all jumpy. She was jumping around. She was not anything like she normally would be. And I had to get off of her. And sure enough, we found out that we had a tremor in the area really, about that time. So, yeah. So you've been through it. To so some it, degree. My horse felt it. Your horse felt well, it. You, but we didn't necessarily. But yes. it's amazing how temp, how uh, temperamental they can be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, since 1998, earthquakes with a magnitude of 2.5 or higher have been felt across the state. So it happens once every few years. The uh, the strongest one, a 5.1, which is right about where it happened, right about where the one happened yes, uh, this weekend. Sure. March 28th, 1964. Oh, so, that's when uh that's when it happened. And by the way, so this uh, of course of course it's by the border, right, Mark? Down yep, there. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Thayer County has been through enough. <laughs> Thayer County gets the worst weather every time and now they're getting gall dang earthquakes in Thayer <laughs> County. Give Hebron a break, Mother Nature. Please. I mean, jeez. Now the th- I was reading a report on Channel 3. They said it could be felt in Lincoln. I don't know about that, but I didn't hear anything. I didn't feel it. 
I don't even... Maybe I did. I didn't even know it. So, there you go. Moving on. Number four. City Council. Number four. There you go. Boy, that echo is getting longer and longer. (laughs) City Council is going to vote on an ordinance that would affect how soon you could adopt a puppy or a kitten. The ordinance, if it passes, could make it illegal to put puppies or kittens up for adoption who are less than eight weeks old. It's already in state law, but Lincoln Rescue say it's important to clarify locally. It would include a clear definition of bites and attacks. According to the amended language, on bite is a wound, puncture, or laceration caused by the animal's teeth breaking the skin, while an attack is defined as an animal that causes injury by physical contact, including, but not limited to, a bite that doesn't result in a breakage or puncture of the I'm, skin. So, I'm thinking about offering a non-binding resolution that's a companion to this. Yes. Uh, which is... While it is, you know, the, the and, and by the way, this brings in city ordinance in together with state law. I think you mentioned that, but right. that is also a strong recommendation. You know, maybe just wait eight months. Just, this is just Jack's <laughs> advice. Maybe just wait eight to but let the uh, let the breeder, let whoever else do all the training, do all the you know the. Get it to get it to stop play biting you all the time. They need get it to, they need the to have that, those those months of bonding with their dad, oh, boy. And their brothers and sisters, their cousins. Like yeah. I said, what you probably need is another no, companion. S- stop! You just stop that right now. I've already, I, I've already lost one legislative battle on this. <laughs> I don't need to already be talking about my next legislative loss in the family. That's uh, the way of democracy goes. Moving on. Number three. Americans' confidence in media falling. A new Gallup survey says people's confidence in newspapers and television news at an all-time low point. Just 16% of adults said they have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers, 11% in TV. Both categories down five points since last year. Uh, Only Congress has less confidence in the public than TV news. (laughs) Ha ha ha, Congress. You're worse than we are. I'm a little miffed at this. The, The... Go, they go on to uh, ask the question, do you trust the media? And they don't even talk about radio. Uh, well, yeah, that's uh, there's high confidence, apparently. In radio. Yep. You know, the, the interesting thing, about, I have mixed feelings about this, Mark, because I certainly, I mean, I certainly do not think media in, in general is infallible or perfect. And I think there are, it's, it's rife with problems. But sometimes the problems that are actually there or the shortcomings are not the ones that get the attention when media gets critiqued. Number one, so much of this this uh, this um, idea about media it, it it's born out of mainly cable television news yeah the, the and, inter- and national and national publications but cable television news yep. and then it is all of that is kind of dragged on to local media entities which are so operate so differently but they're it's media is looked at as so monolithic sometimes and I think that's that's kind of frustrating I, with I, this whole thing. I like I like to draw the um, comparison to uh, between free over the air broadcast both radio and TV and other forms of media mm. I, yeah. I you know it, we correlate TV with cable over the air streaming mm-hmm. all of this other stuff and, and there is a tremendous difference within the realities the free over the air has a pretty strong responsibility to the public and quite frankly, I think radio is one of the the best. But now. there's no doubt there is a cottage industry on both sides of creating media entities. That cottage industry is, in other words, a huge industry of essentially 
putting out information that confirm what people already believe. And yes, uh, the country has kind of become addicted to that. And that has uh, there's been an outgrowth of that, which when you don't hear what you believe, you you instinctively you instinctively think that there's bias on the other side of, of that thing. Now, again, I'll, I'll repeat we you know we could go through there are plenty of critiques to be had on every level of media i think um about various things but it all kind of it all sort of crystallizes this whole thought is well there's there's political bias they're trying to get this one thing and and the reason i think that's that's overblown a lot is because you know when when and mark i think you'll echo me on this we certainly whether it's this show and and this show is a i mean it's an I'm not a news reporter, although I, you know, I give out information during the course of the show. So it's, it, it's admittedly a, a bit of a, a gray line there, and that's that's part of what goes into all of this. But even our newsroom, we have gotten critiques for bias that <laughs> both that, ways that yeah, but that are so, and, or or kind of a hey, I think this person has an agenda, and this is what that agenda is. That I hear it, and it's la- it's so inaccurate. From actually having known the people and known, or, or even about me, it's just laughable. It's like, how could you even... And so there's, because of that, because of so many of those over the year that are so wildly off-base, but the, but they're sure they are right about it. Yeah, I take some of these with a bit of a grain of salt, because it, 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 there's, a, there's a larger narrative that people have bought into that everything they hear is motivated by some kind of a... An evil political animus, and that narrative, you know, even amongst, and it doesn't have to be in media. The the, the narrative that's out there, social media, and all of that. Jonah Goldberg's got a great article in his G file this past Saturday on on this narrative and and how the liars lie and and begin to believe their own lies yeah. and how that just just hey disgusting. You know, this is uh, the one fun thing about this industry is I've been called. Uh, and accused of being uh, a socialist, commie, uh, yes, you know, something. And I've also basically being accused of being the most hard right radio person that's out there. <laughs> now that's and, laughable. And, I mean, all, all of it is. All of it. You can, I yeah. mean, and, and so that's why I take it all with a grain of salt. But anyway, yeah. But media has to do better. Spe- speaking of, uh, of that Local type media of- generally does do it yeah. better, though. I will continue to go out on on that limb is is uh, generally you're getting a whole lot more of you're you're having less of those less of those critiques not none of them but fewer of those critiques are merited when Amen. it comes to local media moving on number two well guess what six letter game back in the news and if you guessed wordle you're oh, right boy i've never done that so oh my family has convert i'm i'm uh, there's a three-person conversation about that in my house almost every day well hasbro is teaming up with the new york times for wordle the party game it's a board game oh, times bought the uh, game earlier this year the board uh, version due out this fall yeah i knew once the new york times uh bought that thing they were going to find some new ways to monetize it and uh i'm not surprised i actually saw a little bit on this in tv this weekend mark and it didn't look that fun, <laughs> but that's just, like it's it's basically the get, so you write you know you write your letters and the person who has the word goes on and puts these like little yellow or green blocks just like happens on the app on top of it. It just looks like an inefficient way to play the real game, essentially. I I have no comment. Okay, I've never played it. I don't. It's I don't know. We'll see. But this looks like uh, maybe one of the hot items for Christmas 2023. It's never too early to start thinking about that. 
Number one. And it's official. Benifer. It's there. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez got married Saturday. Made their engagement public in April uh, on the J-Lo uh, marriage license filing. So Lopez uh, is taking the name Jennifer Affleck. Uh, that was a little stunning yeah, to me. That's the part I didn't expect. Talk about one of the better first last name branding situations that you've got yeah. in the entire world. Boost. You say J-Lo and you, I mean, you, you know exactly know yep. who you're talking about. JF. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's as rolls off the tongue as easily. It, no, it JF. Doesn't. I can't believe. I can't believe she. Now, obviously, everybody's still gonna say J Lo, sure, and call her that. But I'm a little surprised. Does, is this a? Okay, I don't know if this is gonna be like a, an offensive thing that I'm gonna about to say, or if society would be mad at this. But like, I have a daughter. It's her birthday today, by the way. If and when she gets married. There's a part of me as a dad. I don't know, do other dads feel this way. There's a part of me as a dad that is like, you know, I kind of hope you keep. I don't know if you, you hyphenate or keep it as a middle name or do it. I kind of want my name to still be on your <laughs> on your official. Yeah, but every I mean, most the vast majority of women that I know in my life, parents, my own wife, uh, siblings, and stuff, they've all taken their the name. But for my own daughter, I'm like. You know, you you can keep ours. I'd, I'd support that. Sure. I don't know. Just sort of family pride, I guess. Maybe it's a new era of things. Hey, and by the way, if you've ever... This, by the way, gives hope to anybody who's had a breakup and it just didn't seem yeah, like it was going to work out and a whole lot of time passes and then... It's I mean, been 17 is, years. This is apart. a Hallmark movie. You put <laughs> yeah. some, you put yeah. some uh, jingle bells and snow falling... <laughs> This is a Hallmark movie, right? I mean... Christmas in July. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth. Man, I'm you, meant, you are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 7.59 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, we are going to talk Nebraska news and politics with Tim Haruza. Is, is the uh, is a special session thing? Are we, uh, are we uh, agreed this is not happening? Does it still have a chance? I'll see what Tim thinks about that, and we'll get into some of the things going on with Nebraska news and politics as well. Still a lot of news surrounding the whole uh, uh, the changes in the Republican Party, so we'll delve into that. And at 8.35 today, we will be joined by Megan Leesfeld of the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County uh, undertaking a major effort to help refugees coming into the community of Lincoln from uh, Ukraine and Afghanistan. So we'll get into that as well. It's 8 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 810, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I suppose I need to stop the off, uh, off the air conversation about how much I hate golfing with Tim Haruza. You know, the first time I met you, we were golfing together. I, I just I realized actually, that. You just, you just said something about a scramble, and I was, that is the first time we met. You, uh, me, and Corey Ross. <laughs> Corey Ross. <laughs> played in a golf tournament Yeah, we were, we were all teammates. I don't remember who our fourth was. Or maybe it was just us three. I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember. who our fourth was either. Or we just had maybe a random Obviously, person. somebody not very notable. Uh, uh, sorry, oh, the, it'll the, somebody's going to gonna hear it who's I, in it. Somebody's listening, and they're like, ah, oh, this guy. Yeah, who was it? It was someone else. We had a random 
random person paired with us. I, oh, I'll think of it. I will think of it. Uh, so yeah, that was was, that it was, Ke- was it. Kevin Cody Thomas was he part nope, of it that year? Nope. No, it was just you, you and Corey for the station, okay. and I was working at Liba at the time. Okay. Yeah. So we met on the golf course, and we've not golfed together since <laughs> because I've not. tried not to. Go. I, I I just I'm I'm. Corey cont- Ross is fun. That guy, that guy was fun. See you. You know you you need to be decent at it because it's somewhat a part of you know in that the world that you live in. It's uh it's part of your job. It's it's doing those sorts. I also of, love golf. Uh, yeah, and you lo- and you love golf. If it were part, yeah. if I had to hobnob with people and build relationships <laughs> with people with golfing, that's the absolute worst place for me to do those things. <laughs> I turn into a crabby animal. Um, when when I'm golfing, and just, you were you and you and Corey were a blast that that 18 holes that we played yeah. together. That was fun. That was, but that's a, a scramble is. I do like a scramble's fun when you're on a team. That's fun. That is and my no favorite pressure, way to right? Play. Like you, right. you throw and, away your shot, and, and there's three other guys, and every hole had like Jello shots or something. I mean, that's a whole. That's, <laughs> there's a keg stand on the next. I mean, that's box, a that that's stuff. a little bit of a different story for me, but just the going out uh, on a Tuesday afternoon and that was probably a know, Tuesday or Tuesday. Afternoon, it was Friday. Friday. It was, I was Friday. 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 Yeah. Uh, so anyway, hey, are we? Uh, what, is is the book closed on this uh, special potential of a special session, or what are you hearing around the legislature? Close. No, um, it's. What I mean, it's quiet. For, it's been it's been a little bit quieter since the holiday. I think. I mean, people are still wondering what to do, right, or kind of where the votes are, or what a bill looks like. They're still, as far as I understand, in in terms of uh, legislation, I don't think there's a draft that's been put together. There's some concepts that have been talked about, and um, still trying to sort out where legislators are. The news is tough too, right? What's going on nationally in the political conversation around this stuff and what it means, um, and how it's, how it's being rolled, how it's being handled in other states, right? So the, the bills that were passed in March and how the implications they're having now and, um, I think are making it difficult for lawmakers to know, right? Like, well, yeah, there's a part, I where, mean, where do you even start in approaching this in a way that, you know, advances the goal for the the pro life uh, legislators that we have, while also like addressing or being responsive to the real implications of language in bills. So um, it's still I, it's still ongoing. I think it's been pretty quiet since before the Fourth of July, and that's that's generally the world of politics right now, anyway. And we were just talking about it during the break. It is slow news. Yeah. Period. Um, there's just. People are on vacations. People are doing things with their family, getting ready for school to start, and the, that sort of stuff. And I just, I don't know if anything's done. Well, the, the other thing I think that's up in the air too, Jack. We're waiting for an appointment, so um, you know we've got forty-eight state senators right now. Mike we're Flood, yeah. waiting for one up in Norfolk. Um, the application deadline for that, I think, just closed last week. Maybe July eighth was the deadline, and so I don't. I mean, that's, the governor has has appointed people who haven't applied before too, so who knows how how that all plays out? But there's some <laughs> you're names, a senator now. <laughs> some names swirling, still waiting for that appointment, and then Senator Brewer is still gone. So um, yep. the you know and that's been in the news too. But mm-hmm. he is over in Ukraine, and I don't think all the targets that we've we've heard from folks um, have put any sort of special session out into. You know, September probably. Um, I don't think he's expected back until August. Yeah. So we got another month or two before we're going to have a clearer picture. Well, there was just a there was a part of me that was thinking, okay, well, if it's about not thinking you've got the votes, which I think that plays into it heavily. I mean, at some point, that's just that's going to be a a fact of the. Uh, I mean, a, a lot. You get to a point where that's not going to change, right? So, and and. 
and if you're talking about September or October or who knows, at that point you're, you know, at some point you're weeks away from the regular session. Right. There at that right. point. And I do, well, I, I do understand that there are a lot of people that would like this to happen as soon as, you know, as possible. I understand that from, there also is sort of that idea that, okay, let's wait and see a little bit about what's working, what isn't, what's being challenged in the courts, what isn't with the other states that are doing this as well. Yeah, that that kind of like ability to learn from what language and, and here's the deal too. Like no matter no matter which side of the issue you fall down on, and and I know I know it's a very very important topic, right? And I know a lot of people have different uh, on both sides of that issue. No matter no matter where you fall in that conversation. St- Sitting in my seat, right, as somebody who looks at the legislation and tries to figure out what does that look like for a lawyer who's advising a doctor, who's, you know, trying to advise a patient (laughs) on what they what they're dealing with or kind of where their pregnancy is and those sort of things. The language matters. The words matter. And I think we're learning um, as you see how other states are playing out how important that language can be and how clarifications here and, and specific words there and definitions really matter. And we have an opportunity to make sure that we don't make some of the same mistakes. If we're going to go down the road of, of adding additional restrictions. Um, there's also a lot of questions still surrounding it, right? It's, it's only been a few weeks. Um, we had the special election that kind of gave people a snapshot into um, the, the initial reaction from the court opinion. And, you know, you'll hear, Senator Panzing Brooks's campaign will say that it's it's driven turnout and it's driving Democrats to the polls and it's really it really affected their showing in that election. Um, others are a little more cautious about that conclusion. There's a big giant question mark swirling about what it does in in districts in Omaha and Lincoln for that are generally conservative or lean Republican. Um, does that drive Democratic turnout in a way in November that can swing some so legislative consideration. So there yeah. are now. I mean, in in real in real ways, right? And I I think you know I I'm talking to candidates. You're hearing candidates as they're going door to door, are hearing about it, and from people that you know they'll walk up to a door that's you know registered one way, Democrat or Republican, and they'll knock on it, planning to talk to a voter, and they'll be surprised right by the by the conversation they have with somebody um i th- i just think it's it's thrown a little bit of uncertainty into what the political landscape looks like in electoral politics too and i i just I, unless you have unless you've got locked down 33 votes and you've got a bill that you are confident is is ironed out and worked out and won't have some of the unforeseen consequences that people don't really that that are that are wildly ex- agreed upon by by people on on the pro life and pro choice side of the this this conversation, until you have a bill that's kind of ironed out that way, and you have thirty three votes, there's no point in having the special session, right? Mm-hmm. And especially too, as you as you mentioned, when you know, we're six months away from the start of the session, um, the general session right. anyway, you could introduce a bill, then you have time to work through it too over a period of months. I mean, you have another six months before you'd have yeah. to take a vote on it. So yeah, very different different timeline if you can get into the yeah. I don't what, 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 what a special session. How, how big of a setback would it be if they had a special session and then nothing came out of it? Like how big of a a risk or an issue is that potentially for those who would like to see it? Yeah, that's a hard question. I mean, I. 
could probably argue it both ways, right? I could, you could argue that that'd be a, a setback for the cause. You could also argue that, hey, it just sort of demonstrates that the legislature doesn't necessarily reflect what the people want right now. Um, and that's why we need to vote more conservatives into office or more pro-choice or pro-life mm-hmm. candidates or pro-choice candidates or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I, I just think that the, the more we talk to people, I think folks, who are in in it who the legislators really do believe that if they're going to do it via a special session they need to do it the right way with and right. have and have the votes lined up and the legislation ironed out yeah. and and they're not there yet so on another topic um we talked last week about what happened with the state GOP convention since then there's been um some news although it's not i don't know it's it, it's not really been something that is captured the attention of a, a ton of people it seems like with the police apparently investigating some kind of uh i don't even know exactly what their the the uh, allegations are but some kind of removal of equipment computers cameras maybe other other things from the GOP headquarters in like the hours after what happened at Carney happened the the thing i wonder i wonder about and i'm interested if you can shed some light on this is my my first reaction when I heard that story beginning of last week was, oh, my goodness, these people who are, you know, the people who are coming in, kind of the new leadership, the people who voted for new leadership in the party, they're going to be up in arms about this whole thing. And maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm not on the right social media, media circles. I don't really see anybody all that up in arms about it. Is that odd? <laughs> um I don't know. I don't know. Maybe so, I'm wrong. Maybe people are. I didn't see it. I, I mean, I kind of heard some rumors, right? That the the you know something happened or that there were allegations made um, as early. I mean, I started hearing them as early as Sunday, right? The day after this, I didn't see a news report about it until I think somebody shared like a um, one of the TV stations had the had a. It was like a three sentence thing or yeah. something on Thursday. Like yeah, I think later. we had something before that, but yeah, um, and I yeah maybe I missed the news line or something mm-hmm. on the radio as I was, as, but I I mean I didn't see it in print, and then it you know it shows up in print on the front page of the World Herald and some other places maybe Friday morning or something like that. But yeah, I I've got a lot of questions I think about you know <laughs> what exactly happened and why and um I I would agree with you. I have not seen as much social media or. Or even even the people I've heard about it from, like who are like, "Hey, did you hear? You know, I heard so and so. I heard something happen over there." They're not mad. <laughs> like nobody's like livid. Like how dare this happen? Right? I, Everybody's like, "What is that true? Is that what?" Right, right so I when know. I heard, I don't the, know. I I uh, wait and see. I guess what comes I had out of heard here on Monday from inside the building that that there were allegations that something had happened. And my first response is like. Oh my gosh, this is sounds like a sounds like a movie here. I mean, it sounds like it's it's a very, you know, this is a for lack of a better term, this is kind of a sexy story here. We we we've got this whole you know going in in the hours after this vote and what's on those things that they were trying to get and like the the reaction by legit everyone media and and the you know the party itself and the new the new crowd there has been so muted that I don't know. Maybe it isn't anything. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just misread the whole right, situation. So, and, and, I, like, yeah. So I mean, maybe that's a good indication that it really is not that. Really is not that nefarious. Or maybe that's the case. Or, Very well. Or, I mean, who knows? I think the computer might have been returned. Is that right? I feel like I read that. See, somewhere. maybe. So maybe um, it's a much. Maybe it is just much much ado about nothing. So yeah. Again, so 
Who knows? Who knows what went on? What's Maybe LPD going to say? Like, was LPD have anything else to say? At the I, end of the day, like, if the the victim, right, which is the party, it's, if, if the leadership there is okay with it or doesn't think it was that bad, and they don't seem to be jumping up and down, slamming their fists. Which so, they don't. Eh, much ado about nothing, maybe, but... Hmm. All right. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. Wait and see what comes of it, if anything ever comes of the All right. police in this. Uh, last question for you is, um, uh, this, we're going to get into November election season pretty quickly. By the way, do we, what are you, are you hearing about, what are you hearing about the uh, marijuana petition and the chance that that got enough signatures? They're not. It's going to be close, right? So initially, I talked to, talked to a couple of the leaders of that effort. Um, two petitions, which I s- still think was kind of a strange approach, but that's the way they did it to kind of break down the question after the to court make sure opinion. the Supreme Court didn't do what they did right. last so, time. Right. So, so two posi- petitions, a little over ninety thousand apiece. That is like razor's edge. It's going to be close. Typically, these things you look for ten or fifteen percent burnout, where you're just tossing signatures out from invalid or people who signed it twice mm-hmm. or weren't registered to vote but signed it anyway. So. I don't know if they have enough cushion. I think their leadership's been clear. It might not be enough cushion, but they got the raw numbers. It's just whether or not it holds up. I and whether or not they get a ruling court where it doesn't have to go county by county too. And what is the timing of all that going to be? Which is another yeah. interesting legal yes. question too. With all this, all right. Good to see you, Tim. Good, good to, to see talk you too. to you. Thanks for coming and joining me on a Monday. Yeah, sorry. All right, we'll see you next week. See you, Jack. Tim Ruzo, eight twenty four. Telling K today with Jack and friends on KLI. Hey, I don't think I need to tell you, uh, every day feels better. It just goes better in almost every way imaginable after a night of good sleep. After a good night of sleep, and the opposite is true, and when you're having those nights when you're tossing and turning, you're not getting to sleep, or you're waking up and not being able to get back to sleep. And and, and because of that, I think that's a pretty non-controversial statement. A lot of us are are trying to do things to get a better night of sleep, sleep hygiene type things, stay away from screens, don't eat at a certain time before bed, stop caffeine by two in the afternoon or whatever it might be. Uh, but how about looking at the bed that you're sleeping on? Because obviously it, 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 that impacts very much what your night of sleep is like. And if you are struggling with, you know, the other things, not every, the things you're doing aren't working, getting a better night of sleep, start thinking about that bed. Maybe you've had a, an old box spring for a long time. Maybe you've been, uh, maybe you just kind of assumed this thing is right for you well take take a chance at just uh, trying out the sleep number bed they got a store here in Lincoln. you can lay down on those beds that's what i did and right when i hit my sleep number setting of 40 this was years ago when i got mine i knew right away i was like okay that is right for me that feels different than the bed i'm sleeping on now and here we are in 2022 and we're still sleeping on the same bed my sleep number setting is 40 my wife's sleep number setting is 25 and uh, you can get that custom fit for you to both sides of the bed why choose proven quality sleep from sleep number because every great day starts the night before and now don't miss the sleep numbers weekend special save 40 percent on the new sleep number 360 cse smart bed queen now only 1499 dollars plus zero percent interest for 36 months on all smart beds that's subject to credit approval minimum monthly payments required see sleepnumber.com for details or check out the store that ends on monday that's today only at sleepnumber.com or the store here in lincoln just east of cotton no next to whole Foods. stop in and tell them jack sent you you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 838 on July 18th, 2022, 72 degrees in the capital city, uh, getting up to those low 90s today. We're looking at, oh boy, they just updated 
It looks like the heat's really coming in on Friday and Saturday. 103 now, the forecast high for Saturday. Mainly low and mid-90s throughout the course of this week until we get to the weekend. Well, my next guest is someone I know very well because I just talked about her in my uh, talking about sleep number uh, sleep number 25. Uh, happens to be my wife, Megan Liesfeld, joining us right now. I don't know. I always say that's your sleep number. I don't know if it's changed over the years or not, but still 25. I'm not lying in those commercials, by the way, am I no, about not. anything? People j- no. just in, so you guys know, if you guys think this is some kind of a shtick I'm doing just to just to sling beds, we, we really like it, don't we? We really do. We, we do. We do very much like it. Uh, Megan is also the executive director of the United Way of Lincoln, Lancaster County. Um, I, I know I, I've, you know, heard a lot. I, I, I was at the opening event, uh, where you, uh, and several community stakeholders announced the Refugee Resettlement Fund. Um, that was kind of an aggressive fundraising effort, but it needed to be because of the influx of refugees that are coming into Lincoln, particularly from two areas of the world with what was happening with Afga- in Afghanistan and then Ukraine as well. That was a little over a month ago that you had that press conference. I guess, first of all, just kind of give us a little update. I know it was ambitious. It was a, a big amount of uh, money in, in about four weeks, but tell us how that is going and, and how it is being put to use right now. Yeah, happy to. And thanks for inviting me to come talk about it. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, It was an ambitious fundraising goal, but you're right. It's a needed uh, fundraising campaign right now for our community. And so our goal was to raise $400,000 to support uh, efforts to grow some capacity for a lot of the agencies that are working um, in refugee resettlement in the community. Um, And this is not new work in our community. Uh, Refugee resettlement is something that the Lincoln community has been focused on and involved in for a number of years. Um, And we have an incredible support system uh, for refugees who come into our community. But we've had a really unique, we've had a really unique year uh, coming off of a year uh, prior where there was virtually no resettlement activity in the community. Um, certainly COVID probably contributed to that, but also federal policy. There just was not a lot of resettlement activity across the nation. Um, but then with the with, uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan and then the uh, the war in Ukraine, uh, we saw really significant and pretty immediate uptick. And uh, when you have uh, go from virtually no resettlement activity to pretty substantial resettlement activity and um, and those individuals coming into our community with a lot without a lot of time for preparation, um, that can put some stress on those systems, um, uh, however robust they may be. Um, and so in community conversations, conversations um, over the course of the last few months, it just became clear that there was really an opportunity for the community to step in and uh, play a supportive role um, and uh, and join alongside those great agency uh, partners and others in the community who are working really hard to help families get settled, um, find self-sufficiency. And so we launched the Lincoln Resettlement Fund, as you said, back in um, early June uh, with the goal of raising $400,000. And uh, and it is aggressive because we want to start getting those dollars out now. In fact, we'll do um, a round of grant applications today um, and start to make some of those determinations about where those dollars are going to go. Um, but we are at just under $320,000 right now today. Um, and we have requests at just over $550,000. So we are going to continue fundraising because the need continues to exist and we want to continue to work toward that, uh, closing that gap and meeting the needs of uh, those community partners uh, as they've articulated them. Um, 
in particular, we're really focusing on on three uh, three specific needs um, that uh, partners across the community have told us that philanthropy donor giving really has an opportunity to ha- to impact, and those are transportation. Um, some, uh, some case management, which is just those individuals who are kind of that front line of connection, um, between individuals who are resettling in the community and the resources that exist around the community. Um, and then childcare, um, not childcare while folks are going to work or doing things like that. Um, we have great childcare <laughs> facilities across the community that have the capacity to do that. But, um, but kind of those unusual circumstances or those, those temporary circumstances, maybe it's while a family is going to, English language learning classes or they have an appointment um, for uh, some for medical appointment or something of that nature so being able to provide some additional support in those ways how I, I, I'm curious and, and you that that's a great summary of kind of what the services that are needed are and I know we've got the the, the agencies that that are doing that here do you, do you have any you know kind of knowledge about what what kind of the outcomes how this affects outcomes how this can you know how it can look different than it would for these refugees if they didn't have this kind of support or don't have this this kind of support in other in other communities and i know at the opening press conference you heard some of the stories of some of the refugees who who had come in and and just kind of what that really looks like for them yeah um uh at the press conference that you referred to, we did have the opportunity to hear from um, a gentleman who happens to be on our board at United Way. Incredible, um, incredible story. But he shared a lot about, you know, what his experience was like. He didn't initially resettle in Lincoln, um, his family when he came over um, or in a different community and uh, didn't have all of the same supports uh, that exist for those who come into our community uh, that just really make uh, make resettlement and self-sufficiency possible. Um, and self-sufficiency is the goal. Every family that comes wants to be able able to uh, to live independently and contribute to our society that's that's really um, a, a primary goal for them they want to they want to find a great fit here in our community and contribute and so um, in order to do that really um, you know kind of bolstering and having a really strong support system right out of the out of the gate um, to get them all of the things that they need in order to be able to find employment find stable and safe housing um, Figure out transportation in our community, figure out childcare, um, all of those kinds of supports. Um, imagine coming into the community, not speaking the language, potentially, mm-hmm. most likely not speaking the language, um, and trying to navigate our community, figure out how to find all of the resources. You don't yet have a job, so you have no income. Um, so a lot of what these agencies are doing, they're helping, and there's, there's a great program, um, through the Office of Refugee Resettlement that Lutheran Family Services and Catholic Social Services in our community um, can um, can work with a really 90-day intensive program um, to with most refugees who come into our community to help them kind of get that that soup to nuts approach to support. So that's where they're getting a lot of their housing, initial housing support, um, food, those types of things. Um, but resettlement does not just take 90 days. It takes longer than that. And there are a lot of other agencies that come alongside and support with English language learning classes, support with just helping with helping people find community. Um, so it's not mm-hmm. just about having all of your immediate needs met, but it's how do we find community? How do we find friendships? How do we find one another um, in the community? And so we, wanted, we want it to be more than that. 
that and just about being a welcoming community. And so we want families to have a great start when they arrive in Lincoln. Yeah, I'm just trying to even kind of imagine what that's like. You know, you get come in, maybe, like you said, don't speak the language. First of all, I mean, I guess first thing is you got to find some place to live. Yep. Right? Like that's first order of business, right? Yep. Then second order of business, you got to find some income yep. to buy food and pay rent or or mm-hmm. whatever that you're doing so those are those are like the frontline things yeah. i presume and then it's starting to think about if there's kids going Enrolling to school, in school getting in school yeah. and that sort of thing yep. and i mean that's that's kind of the order there's probably a lot of things alongside though that i'm medical i'm care. forgetting when i deal with that mm-hmm. getting medical care um and for for the in, in part of why this period of time and and the resettlement activity that's happening right now is so unique is um uh, in both the instances, um, and we do we do resettlement activity, uh, resettle families all the time in Lincoln from all across the globe. Um, but the the circumstances surrounding um, the withdrawal from Afghanistan and the uh, the war in Ukraine um, resulted in just a really quick turnaround for those families faster and a lot than, of chaos faster than normally you see from like west africa mm-hmm. or something you're saying or, yeah or some so of the other areas. yeah so many of them came in without perhaps the proper paperwork that's going to allow a smooth transition or incorrect paperwork um and actually uh, those individuals that um that are in our community right now from ukraine many of them came in before there was even a formal pathway to do so and so very unfortunately they didn't get those great resettlement supports um that is not a part of the federal program that initial 90-day resettlement program Mm -hmm. was not available to the Ukrainian community that has come in um, and still isn't. They come in under sponsorship, which is very different. Um, So they have to be identified by uh, a person or entity in in the United States that is willing to financially support them and and sponsor them and bring them over. So uh, they don't have all of those same support systems. And so really what we've been talking about is wanting to ensure that regardless of the situation from which a family um, uh, comes and arrives into our community, we want them to have access to all the same resources mm-hmm. and um, with so many families resettling at one time in our community we wanted to uh, just help bolster um, our nonprofits who are working really hard um, to come alongside them and others um, to, to make sure that regardless of the circumstances they all have access to the, what they need in order to be successful. Megan Lisa of the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County I know you're not on, on necessarily on the front lines of what these agencies are doing. You're you're working with them, but do you hear kind of success stories, you, maybe from this round of resettlements or or past, um, you, you know, past refugees, pa- past who come out? Like, how is it? How has that worked? Kind of getting these people into the into the community. From what you're hearing from from these agencies, are there success stories? Are there because it you know there is a record of this here in the capital mm-hmm. city. Yeah, there are success stories all over this community. Um, and that's one of the things I love the most about Lincoln. We are a very, uh, diverse community, um, as it relates to our, our resettlement activity. And we have people coming into our community all, um, from all across the globe. And, um, you know, it's fun to go into the grocery store and see individuals, um, who, um, uh, uh, maybe are speaking a different language. Okay, store. occasionally I go, I go to, to the, the grocery, grocery store, store and hear you know <laughs> different languages. To, to hear my husband talk about who he saw at the right. grocery store. Uh, okay, <laughs> called me out on that one. Maybe not the grocery store. 
Walgreens for sure, though. Right, um, but to go across the community, and you know, and uh, there are um, there are people employed all across this community um, and doing important and great work, um, and uh, kids who are enrolled in our schools uh, and um, having great success there. So uh, we do we do this work really well in our community, and we want to continue to do that. And that's that's what that's what we're that's what we're continuing to work towards. So you have kind of, it sounds like you kind of have an enumerated number that the that these agencies you know need and think they're going to be able to at least do what they want to do for the current quantity right yes. uh, it's a little more than was expected at the beginning mm-hmm. so so bottom line it for me what's what is the message today and who is it to about getting up to that point for the resettlement fund yeah, so we're continuing to fundraise um, because the need is greater than than the resources, and and like I said, we're 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 trying to to meet some pretty targeted needs that we really feel like there's an opportunity for donor dollars um, to come to come to the table and community dollars to come to the table. There are large systems level things that we are continuing to work on that the community partners are continuing to work on. Housing will always be a conversation. Transportation will always be a conversation um, for the short run. And, you know, but we and but we really think we can have an immediate impact um, uh, on on transportation, some of those child care needs and some expanded case management to support those families who are here today. Um, and we want to make sure that they resettle successfully here in our community and feel welcomed. Um, but uh, but of course, we'll be continuing to work on and have conversations with people all across the community on on expanded language learning and transportation and housing. You know, even though there's still some room left, I mean, that was a pretty impressive short-term, <laughs> you know, short-term uh, in the world of fundraising. For yeah. people familiar, that was a, a pretty impressive short-term effort in the community. I'm sure you've got a lot of people in the community have really stepped up to to get to even where you are now here at this point. We have. This has been really um, an incredible uh, fun to watch grow um, with support from, from people all across the community, organizations, companies, uh, funders in the community, um, just a lot of people have stepped up and said, you know, this is something that I want to be a part of. I see this need. Um, I I want to be a part of the solution. And so in just a short, short amount of time, having raised just under $320,000 is pretty significant. And uh, because the need is is articulated um, at a higher level, uh, we, we've heard, we've heard, you know, like I said, $550,000 in grant requests. Um, we're going to keep fundraising. Um, um, so that we can we can meet as much of that need as possible. Good. All right. Well, let's let's get up there and be a welcoming community. And I think it it really does add to our community as well. She's got a lot of influence, and this is why we have a puppy in our house right now. Just <laughs> despite whatever influence I had, once she joined the majority um, of the the puppy voters in the household, it was over for me. The filibuster was over. So it was over. <laughs> did he sleep through the night? Um, yes. Really? He did sleep through the night. Really? He did sleep. He was up at 5.40, but that counts as morning. So. It's, it's been fun. It has been been real fun. All that freedom that we got from having older kids. (laughs) Out the window. Out the window. Out the window. We could have been going on trips and we could have been. But he's really cute. at night, sleeping through the night, doing all the things that you get with older kids. And we basically invited a baby. It, it is just like that. It really is just like that, and I had forgotten that. But yeah, he's I tried to tell cute. you. I know it's fine. I like our, I liked our babies too. All right. <laughs>
And speaking of our babies, uh, in studio today is one of my no longer uh, babies, my daughter, Nora. And uh, the hopefully the whole community can wish her a happy birthday today. She turns 12 years old. Happy so, birthday, Nora. Happy Nora. The entire radio audience got to listen to the... To the uh, there was actually a prediction game for when she was born. Do you remember That's that? Right. We called it the bun in the oven contest. You may not <laughs> like that now. You know, I missed out a chance on two of uh, with the special Olympics were in town. They had the opening ceremonies. I missed a chance to meet Brooklyn Decker. She was there as the MC of that thing, and Bishop got to go meet Brooklyn Decker, and so I could be there for my daughter's birth. So, well, there you go. there's that was a fun a, story. That was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I figured go that way. <laughs> so, happy birthday to uh, to Nora today. All right, thank you. Megan. Thank you. Liesfeld. Except you pronounce that. 854, we'll take a break. It's LNK today. She's with the United Way. LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Right now in the capital city, 75 degrees. And, uh, well, that is it for the show today. Thanks so much to uh, my wife, Megan, for joining us. Tim Haruza as well. Pastor Tom Barber tomorrow on the show. It's Tuesday, and that means Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, will join us at 710. Also joined by Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, John Baylor. We're getting closer and closer to that volleyball season, so we'll get into all of that with him. I am going to make it official because we had some questions. We're going to go general this week. Week on request line Friday general we're going to get back to a, a, a specific topic next week so you can get those we already had people asking about requests right now so you can put those in for Friday uh, right away right now so that's what we've got coming up tomorrow we end the show today with a temperature of 75 degrees heading to a high 91 the real hate wave coming this weekend hey have a great day Commander Jack tonight at 5 it is 9 o'clock KLI and Lincoln